Hello everyone and welcome to the Be Light, Shine Bright podcast. My name is Pakala Kiara and I'll be your host. Here we discuss life and how the different facets of it can influence our mental health. We will talk about therapy, interventions, mental health and life experiences. Remember, if you like it, feel free to give us a share and invite your friends and loved ones to listen. But I wanted to introduce my sister, Johnny, today. And as I said before, this um, series is mostly around the way that we experience ASD and also because there is such a lack of info around how girls experience ASD, I thought it would be really valuable for us to discuss that so hi Johnny thank you so much for joining me tonight um I really appreciate your time um for me I've been looking forward to it yeah we've been meaning to do this talk for a little while actually um for for me I was diagnosed at the age of 30 with ASD I think you were 28 27 27 Um, So as I said before, the symptoms for boys and girls with ASD are generally the same, but they tend to be uh, overlooked more in girls. Um, Some suggestions for why girls might be underdiagnosed include um, they, like often it is thought, like the stereotype of girls is that they like to play alone, which is something that might stand out in a boy with ASD, but for a girl, it's not so strange. Um, Girls also tend to be overly empathetic, whereas boys are under-empathetic, like don't really care about anybody else, whereas girls care too much. So this is considered to not be a sign of traditional ASD, but it's definitely a feature. Yes, and it's definitely a feature in most ASD women that I know. They are Mm. really, really caring and over-empathetic, and I think that's why they were missed... Um, they're also way better at masking. I say this like, this is generally in my experience, better at masking and socializing than boys with ASD. Um, yeah, so those are better at mimicking. Yeah. As Johnny just said for this first episode, I wanted to discuss and have conversations with different things, um, to do with ASD with Johnny around, things that most people with ASD experience. As I said, not everyone with ASD will experience things the way that we experience them or they'll experience them but in a different way. So um, one of the first things I wanted to talk about was um, like sensory processing and sensory aversions or sensory seeking. So different things that um, we might do or avoid as a person with ASD. So sensory processing refers to the way our nervous system receives uh, information and messages from our senses and turns them into responses in our body. Um, So sometimes with people with sensory processing disorders, so this sensory processing disorder, it can be separate from ASD. You can have SPD without having ASD, but um, a lot of people with ASD struggle with sensory processing disorder. So sensory information can go into your brain, but it doesn't get organized 
into um, responses that are like appropriate or normal. Um, so sometimes it's abnormal and sometimes if you have an aversion, it can be really abnormal and people might like, it, it might come across as like problematic or people might or think rude you're, or- yeah, rude or people might think you're weird or yeah, it's like you get really stressed. So um, what are some of the things that you have sensory aversions to and you go first and then I'll go. Sensory aversion, that means like you avoid it, right? Yeah, or like it, it, it triggers that, that response that people, yeah, it sets you off kind yeah. of. Um, I hate like, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's like sound with vibration, like a really loud sound with vibrations in it. That you can feel. Yes, it sends my body like. And is it like all. It's so cringy and almost like frightening at the same time. Like I want to run. If it's repetitive, yeah, it's like worse. Like if it all gets louder, that's worse too. It's like I can't even describe it, but it's like you can feel it vibrating in the sound. I know what you mean, but is it for you? Is it all sounds or is it like discordant or disharmonious sound? Like if it's music, is it okay? If you're expecting it, is yeah, it okay? Yeah. Like repetitive music or repetitive rhythm, like I love that's so calming to me, or humming is so calming. But this, like, it's almost like a spiky vibration in the sound. It's like there's this car park here at the shops and it goes, it's like this ticker alarm. And it sends me like through the roof every time. And yeah. I say to Chris, we can't park down here. <laughs> yeah. And like, uh, like what Johnny's saying is um, like she, she can feel it in her body. Like for me, if I feel it in my body, it's like painful. So um, yeah, it can be painful or you want to yeah, run away or hide your face. And I, I think, the, face I think there's a word for that and it's called misophonia. And it's oh, like, is it? Yeah, and you can like have like intense feelings of rage, like um, yes, yes. I want to like. Sounds. I could punch someone in the face. It sounds so bad, but yeah, but you won't. But you feel like that. Or you, you won't. Yeah, but I feel like I could just attack someone. <laughs> yeah, or, and like you. Sometimes I'll say like stop. Like I'll say that if it's yeah. just. For me, one of the things that set me off are like the kids screaming a lot, like a lot. Like I can deal with it for a little bit if they're just playing and having fun. But if it's a lot, I'll have to say stop. Yeah, and I feel can, really angry. Can, um, moderate yourself for a certain amount of time, but then after a while, you just it's can't. like your bucket's full and you just lose it. Like, and you don't even, you want to stop, but you can't stop. Yeah, it's, it's, it's an uncontrollable response. Um, yeah, which I guess yeah, it's so hard. But I call it aversion. But for me, it feels like my skin's crawling and, like, yeah. I, I get, like, a pain, like, almost behind my eye and, like, it goes, shoots into my spine and up my neck. Like, yeah. even Jack's right now, you can still hear him. He's yelling out every now and then because um, he wants his, his movie back on. But I can hear that and it's, like, going into my neck. But to other people, yeah, you probably can't even hear that. Yeah, you can't. You're like you're gonna lose your breath too sometimes. Sound. That's just and that's just sound. That's not even anything else yet. That's not like yeah. So the other sense. Yeah. (laughs) Other sensory versions I have was what Johnny just listed: heat and light. 
Um, I don't like lights yeah. at the shopping center or fluorescent lights. I don't like flickering lights. I don't like, yeah, unexpected sounds. I don't, I don't like balloons popping. Yeah, I don't oh, like God, I don't like heat either. I get really irritated. It, it like if you have more than one aversion happening at the same time, my bucket gets full quicker, and I can't deal. Yeah. If yeah. I could and deal with sound for ages, if it was can. cold <laughs> and there were no lights yeah. on, you can in certain environments around certain people, but then later you'll process it, and then that's yeah. when you explode. Yeah. Or... So sometimes you can yeah. seem fine all day. But then like when you get home, you're either processing it and you have a meltdown and you cry and I'll talk about meltdowns later or we'll talk about meltdowns later or you yeah. just crash and you need to sleep or you get a migraine. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's some things like aversions to us, but some people have aversions to touch. If I'm in this particular mood, I don't want people to touch me. I don't like hugging people I don't know. I don't like people touching me unexpectedly. I don't like people touching my feet. I don't yeah. like people touching my ribs. Um, like it, it feels like they're touching my bones. Someone, yeah, touching my nose, like my nose and my face. Yeah. I can't I, it. I don't like people like whispering in my ear and stuff Ooh. like that. I really whispering with, with the hot breath. <sighs> I know people are meant to find that sexy, but no, thank you. Um, oh, no. <laughs> um, else? So we've covered like sound and sight and touch um, and heat. Is there anything else that you find like aversions to? Oh, probably. There's probably heaps, but like you, you kind of get the general idea when we're talking about aversions. They're like, oh, metal on metal, like a fork on my teeth, or metal on metal. Nah, I hate mm. metal. <laughs> and or like these, I I have to really sh- control myself. Like, yeah, like yeah, part of my misophonia is hearing people chewing really loud or slurping. I don't like people yeah. eating soup near me. It's really drives me nuts. And you learn how to be. You learn how to be polite because that, like, you learn how to be socially acceptable because you mm. have to. Because you can't just be like yell up in someone's face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but but these are things that, that um, children find hard to do, and you've got to teach them how to socially yeah. react. So, um, if you're seeing a kid with ASD react that way to you, you're probably doing something they don't like, and maybe you're unaware yeah, of it. And like they're not trying to be rude. No, and like they're just they just they just can't handle it. Like I said, it can cause yeah. feelings of pain or distress or upset. Like um, something our nan does to our brother who has ASD is um, she. It's a term of endearment or affection for her. Like she pats you on the head, like really lightly, like you know, just nicely patting. But he like reacts like she's hitting him. Like he really doesn't like it, and he'll cry and he'll scream and like say you hit me. But it's like so like over the top. But obviously that's how he's experiencing it. And that's not the way Nan meant it at all. So she gets distressed too then. But, um, yeah, so that's different ways that aversions can present. Yeah. I was talking to my aunt and niece the other day about if we acted like if you didn't control yourself or if you acted like your child does when you're getting served by someone. And it was a really good example to be like, they passed me the receipt wrong, so I just threw it on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because they didn't do it right or like they were like oh you can pay now but they took the card off me and I just walk out <laughs> like things 
<laughs> yeah, or like, no, you wrong me, look to me in the wrong eye, and I just scream and run. Yeah, or like, like you know, my yeah, like my food's <laughs> touching, so I chuck it on the floor. Um, yeah. yeah, different different things like that. But so that just gives you a greater understanding of why um, some kids yes. that you might know with ASD react the way that they do, and um, seen, of yeah, how it feels really inside. Crazy. But do you have any coping mechanisms? Like for me, a coping mechanism is headphones. It can be any headphones, or but noise-canceling headphones are really great because then I can listen to harmonious sound. And so I will seek out harmonious noise if I want to get rid of yucky noise. Um, so to put those on really provides me like relief and respite. Um, other things I do... Sorry. That's all right. <laughs> We've got some <laughs> ASD kids. Well, they, ha- they do have fathers, so we're not just neglecting them, by the way. Yeah, so <laughs> other things for me that work, like if it's heat, um, stepping in a cold shower, um, yes. going in a quiet room, shutting the door, even though you can still kind of hear it, the noise further away, it's, it's further away from you. So, you know, you've kind of put some holes in your bucket, so it's like letting it out a little bit, if that's a way to make sense of it. Um, sunglasses so if i go to the shops and there's too much noise because there's way too many people and it's too much light because it's they light those things ridiculously i will wear sunglasses and headphones like a weirdo trying to escape paparazzi or something and that's how i go shopping yeah <laughs> like scarf on a hat um you know but i do walk in like that i don't really care if people look at me weird because that's how i'm coping with the shops and i, I just try not yeah. to go at all in december because yeah, it's yeah. too much for me. It's too many people, too much noise, too much light. Um, so under so there's some coping mechanisms, but there's there's heaps more to do with sensory um, processing and sensory versions, and um, I can cover those, or you can ask, and I'll get back to you. This is a short interruption to let you know that if you or a loved one is experiencing difficulty or is in need of more support, you can find me at maramacounseling.com. Be sure to check out the audio resources page also where you'll have access to a number of free resources that will help you to feel relaxed. Be sure to take advantage of my 20-minute free initial session. I am also on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Can't wait to work with you. Um, but on the of the opposite spectrum of aversions, there are um, like when you sensory seeking behaviors. So um, it's something that maybe you find trouble stopping or you seek out and you really want to do. So like um, for lots of autistic kids, it can be chewing. Um, so they might engage in behaviors like pica, which is eating um, inedible things, like things that aren't food. Um, so dirt or... Something they know is rubbery or chewy, they just have to do it. Yeah, pencils and stuff. So you can get special rubber, like um, what's it called, silicon necklaces or jewelry yeah. that they can chew on. Those are really good things. Um, you can always find a substitute. So it's not about like stopping that behavior completely because often when you're sensory seeking, it's to calm your body down, to calm that nervous system down and to stay chill. Yeah, so um, some people like like patting fluffy blankets or pillows, um, rubbing your feet on carpet, um, like nice carpet. Um, you can get like those, 
yeah, tapping, like I, I jig my knee a lot. Like I, yeah. I have to get my knee moving, especially if I'm an exam or something like high pressure. Um, and that might be annoying to people if my knee's tapping the desk, but I always try and put my leg out and do it. So it's making no noise. It's just jigging. Yeah. Um, but yeah, finding ways where it's not disruptive to other people because sometimes some person's sensory seeking behavior might irritate me. So like, um, my other son, my older son, he likes to snuggle and rub his body on me, but I don't like sensory touch. So finding something that he likes to snuggle in like a soft blanket or a bean bag is good for him and it's good for me because then he's not touching me. Like, I have a limit. Like, I give him like a limit. I'm not but it's just what you can handle. It's to cope because otherwise I'm touched out, especially if I'm breastfeeding um, babies as well because that's quite hard for me because I don't like being touched that much, but I have to if I'm breastfeeding. And that kind of leads us into like stimming as well, like sensory seeking and stimming. They're kind of tying together. Um, So stimming, what's stim? A stim is like a behaviour that you do as an ASD person that, yeah, helps to calm you down. It's usually an action that you're doing with your body, but it can also be like verbal. Um, it can also be just, it's like something. Um, so a lot of, for a lot of autistic kids, it's like um, flapping their hands or um, going up and down on tippy toes. Um, for me, it sounds really weird, but it's like pressing my fingers into my top lip. I've done that my whole life and I don't know why. But I realise it's a stim. And it's yeah, like push- I push on my, the middle of my forehead here a lot. Like I have yeah. to get my fingertips right well, in the middle of my forehead. I always my do mind. this. And it's like pressing my lip or the top of yeah. my lip. I've I done it my I'm whole here. life. And I go like this and it's kind of like pulls the nails out. Oh, it almost, yes. It yes, almost yes. looks like I'm smelling my fingers, but I'm not doing that. I'm touching my lip. It's weird. Yeah. Anyway, that's one of my yeah. stims. Yeah, it's a pressure thing. and um, Or I'll run my fingernail on my bottom lip. Yeah, I tickle it and then itch it and then tickle it and then itch it. Yeah, or you run your fingernail. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then itch it. And yeah. then tickle it again. Yeah, like it. One at a time, you run your fingernails up the palm of your hand. I go like that, like over all five of them. And, and then I have to do all ten. Yeah, and and to other people it might look strange, but like something that helps to calm me down that I can do all the time because it's part of my body. Um, yes. But but well, as I you said before, yeah, I sing, I sing and have so quiet humming. Like so, it's not disrupt. Like no one can really hear it unless yeah. they're really listening. And like other people do things like they they make like well, I can't describe it any other way. Like fart noises with their lips, like oh yes. Like that kind of thing, um, chewing, like on those silicon things that we talked about. People chew on pencils or bite their nails. Yeah, bite their um, nails. I bite my nails. Another one that's really tough is if kids like to pull their hair because sometimes they rip their hair out and it can lead to like trichotillomania. Sorry. Yeah, sometimes they suck and eat on the hair. So it's finding things that, um, if it's a harmful behaviour, finding a replacement that's suitable to them and to like it doesn't cause distress taking it away because you shouldn't try and stop a stim completely because obviously it has a purpose it's it's calming you down so it's about finding something else that they like to do or something that's similar but like more acceptable or more healthy um so because some unfortunately some kids and they used to try and treat autism with something called behavioral therapy which is 
I don't, I don't like it um, because a lot of it was to do with food and it can be damaging. Like it can lead to like weight gain, unhealthy like eating habits. Um, I just don't, I don't think it's helpful in the long term. It might, it might elicit a good response for a little bit, but it's got to be done in a healthy way. So um, finding yeah, a stim that's autistic people like the same kind of food grass to it too like once it's, you've learned a behavior or that it makes you feel safe right, yeah you'll just hold on to that for life Forever. like it's really hard to change something you've learned plus so if it's um, traumatic you'll just grasp it and it will and it can also tie in to your aversions and your seeking as well because um, yeah. taste is another sense that we didn't talk about before. But yeah. a lot of a lot of autistic kids like the same kind of food, autistic people like the same types of food over and over. And um, I don't really like to try new foods or, um, like I said, they like the same food so much, but it, it might not be a healthy food um, or it might not be a healthy thing to chew on. It might be too hard for your teeth. Um, so just finding healthy substitutes um, is a good way to um, help with that stimming. And like, yeah, stimming, if you do it correctly, it can lead to uh, it's a healthy coping me- mechanism, not yeah. an unhealthy one. You have been listening to part one of the first um, series of conversations that I, Pakala Kiara, will be having with my sister, Johnny Kiara, about ASD. Um, Part two of this first conversation uh, will be published as a separate podcast episode for ease of listening. I will publish part two straight away so it is available for immediate listening. This concludes this episode of the Be Light Shine Bright podcast from Maramar Counseling. I'm Pakala Kiara and I hope you enjoyed listening today. Keep your eyes peeled and your ears ready for more episodes in the future. And remember, be light, shine bright. Until next time.